Hi, welcome to Race House with me, Joe Lee. And me, Darren Reeves. It is Qatar Grand Prix. We have the preview here. Um, we're going to talk about all things Qatar. But first, before we do, we just want to take a moment and say hello to everybody watching and listening because we've been going now not long. I think it's been about six weeks or something. Um, and we've got fans all over the world. We've got big shout out to New Zealand. We've got a lot of fans in New Zealand who are watching us. We can see that. Australia. I think we've got guys over there mm -hmm. as well. Um, the US, the UK, Holland as well, Ikalvan, Hollandia, Dankevel. Um, so yeah, wherever you're from, if you're watching, please let us know in the comments. We want to know where you're from um, and uh, we really appreciate your uh, watching us. So we hope we'll continue the inf information and mm -hmm. plenty of information about Qatar. Um, so we spoke a bit on the last episode, Darren. I've been to Qatar. Uh -huh. um, and I've been there a few times. Uh, I've actually, I've been there for the first Formula One Grand Prix um, in 2021. I returned uh, to work on the MotoGP as well, which was amazing. It's the first bike race I've been to, um, uh, and certainly since getting my test, passed my test, my bike test. Um, and <laughs> also went to the World Cup. So I went to the World Cup and saw four matches, including England. Um, uh, USA, which was terrible, uh, but it was a great buzz. And Qatar is, yeah, for people who, who don't know, I'm I'm in the Middle East a lot, and so Qatar is uh, it's one of the more conservative Middle East countries, and a lot of it revolves around Doha, Doha being the capital, and Doha is quite built up. There's skyscrapers and lots of buildings, and and it's got a real proper pumping city. Um, and the track, Lusail, is um, to the north. I think it's a good 20, 30 minutes drive north of um, the city. So you're just driving on this motorway and you're passing like the Lusail football um, uh, stadium um, and lots of huge buildings left and right. It's quite amazing. Um, then you um, you come off the junction and you get into the um, Lusail circuit. And when I was there in 2021, you know, it was the first time. It was a bit of a, a backup race, I think, I remember, because yeah. they were changing the schedule still because of the fallout of COVID and some um, things like that. But you know, they pulled it off. Um, we had a race. And um, uh, yeah, being Middle Eastern, it was hot. It was sunny, dusty, as you'd expect. But the hospitality and the vibes were fantastic. I was in the paddock club and uh, there were lots of uh, footballers there as well. They were gearing up for the World Cup uh, the, the next uh, year. Um, and I did also bump into David Beckham. Ah, um, uh, you did, who didn't was you? There. Um, that was there. As part of his ambassadorship. Yeah, he was there. I think I may have messaged you. I can't remember. You sent me um, a few photos saying, this guy reminds me of you. That's what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this guy's nearly got as much money um oh. but uh yeah so beckham was there and i remember he was hankering on the grid for a picture with lewis um and uh i think they finally did um say hi and have a chat um but yeah lots of kind of action it's all changed the circuit hasn't changed i understand mm -hmm. but um the facilities have and since then we've had the saudi grand prix which is um very close by yeah. And the Saudi like paddock especially is really phenomenal. They've got huge structures. They've got like tree-like buildings, and they are supposed to emulate trees because it gives shade, um, and they probably serve functions like cooling, because um, the Arabs actually invented this amazing cooling system where you have a turret and then you have holes and sticks, and then as air passes, the cooled air sinks, 
and um, it's a natural form of air conditioning. So I don't know if it's part of that, if, it, if they're using that for an aircon space, but certainly shade is a welcome thing in the Middle East. Um, there's lots of new buildings as well. They've got 50 um, garages, I've heard, 50? Uh, in, the, in the pits. There's 50, 50, wow. 5-0 pit boxes. Um, so each team is going to have, what, for this race, they're going to have a couple at least. Mm -hmm. um, they could have four. Uh, but, you know, we could have a lot more teams in F1, which we may come along to a bit later. Wink, wink. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, so, and, it, and it's great. Um, and they do after-show concerts as well. I know this year they're doing Bruno Mars. He's yeah. out oh, there. Wow. Um, plus a, a host of others. So, um, and like with the World Cup, they had lots of stars that were coming over and performing at the World Cup. So it is becoming a um, bit of a fixture on the map now. And it's there for 10 years. This is the start of a 10-year contract for Qatar uh, for the Formula One Grand Prix. And if you're in the Middle East and you're watching us, you know, it's an hour flight pretty much from, from everywhere. Um, Bahrain is a difficult one. The diplomatic ties aren't there, so you have to go via Kuwait or go via Dubai to get to Qatar, even though it's probably about 20 minutes flight because it's so close. Um, but uh, anyone else coming from Europe or Asia or the States, maybe fly to Dubai um, or Jeddah. And then you can transfer there. Or you can actually fly to Qatar and Qatar Airways are there. That's enough of an ad about Qatar. Well, but, I think um, you've been amazing. It's a Jay. very... Uh, how informative was that? That was great. Yeah, Yours yeah. research like and, and subscribe. <laughs> yes, I feel totally inadequate now. This is the Joe Lee <laughs> podcast. I, keep it going. This is the... Yeah. So I just had to dump all that out. But um, you can get everywhere. There's Ubers and it's a very modern city and all the big hotels are there. So it, it's a great city to go and visit and um, they've got some uh, some great architecture as well. So yeah, I mean, all focus this weekend. Really, this is when Max should sew this up, down. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I must say, I did fly in on my way back from Kuala Lumpur and spent all of 93 minutes on the ground. So I uh, got to see it, but uh, only from a distance <laughs> as, as I took off. But uh, yeah, Max, this weekend, uh, he should tie it up in the sprint race. Now, there's, there's questions of, is that, you know, is that the time to actually win a world championship? during a sprint rather than during a Grand Prix. At the end of the day, the rules are the rules. You can score points in the sprint. Of course, you're going to win the mm. championship in a sprint, possibly. So, um, and I think it all depends on Perez finishing. I think he only needs to finish sixth or something or Perez outscoring him or something like that. But, uh, but I, I think we're seeing this season that the sprint is becoming more important anyway and, and a thing of its mm. own. And with that, I, I'm not been a fan of change because I love the Saturday qualifying with the Sunday race. But these sprint weekends do mix it up and just show there is different forms of racing uh, models out there that we, we can experience within Formula One. So I'm warming to mm. it the more we go with it. And, you know, the difficult thing is, though, I now want to watch Quali, which is on a Friday. I then want to watch sprint quality or shootout, as they call it, um, on a Saturday. So we've got to, as fans, we've got to invest even more time in sitting in front of the television. Uh, it's, it's brilliant for fans at the circuit who have paid a three day, you know, a, a weekend pass and are there and are getting more entertainment. For the TV viewer, it's more investment of sofa 
<laughs> but uh well but- i think that's great for the tv fan you know and also we're seeing more like fan zone setups you've got f1 arcade in london for example yes. which is an official formula one kind of fan zone you could call it um with um simulators and and the bar and, and big screens to watch the the races um you know uh some of these fan zones have got great screens. They've got the whole shebang. And depending on the time of the race, you know, you're going to be having breakfast there or you're going to be having dinner or, you know, or whatever. So and Joe, what, what, it reminds go, me, what it reminds me of is basically what we experience in Paddock Club. The only thing is you can't walk hmm. out the door onto the balcony and see the cars go by. But the experience of the big screens, uh, the, the excellent audio visual experience seems to me what F1 Arcade brings. And, 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 and I think that's more exciting than maybe just sat at home by yourself watching it, to be surrounded by other fans well, and create an atmosphere. We forget as well that this happens with football all the time. Yes. You know, people go out to the pub to go and watch the football with strangers sitting around them, you know, but as long as they each support Chelsea or whatever, then that's fine. Then you're talking, you're getting on, you're having a couple of drinks. Um, same with the bigger tournaments when there are big fan zones, big screens, but more of these bars now, they're going like with this concept, this high concept of a big screen and showing that you mentioned Paddock Club. Inside Paddock Club, they have huge screens um, where people often will watch the race and they'll see the feed there and then yeah nip to the balcony quick oh you know straight past okay right go back in and see how they're getting on um and uh yeah it, that, that's a great thing when you're there because you, you get to it's very difficult when you're actually at the race most people who have been to a race would know this because if you're at one corner or one position you'll see that and then you have to wait what you know one and a half two minutes or whatever yeah um, for them to come around again and you don't know what's happened the rest of the track unless you go to the portuguese grand prix um which we like but <laughs> which we um, so the screens are great yeah and there's also they have uh, f1 tv is their live feed but they have another i forget what it's called but it's um an actual feed on on a screen where you can sit in the grandstands and watch the action right in front of you and see it in front of you so it's that blend, I think, as the future evolves with technology. Wi-Fi is getting better. 5G is getting better. You're going to be able to sit there at the grandstand, see it on your phone, oh, and then look up, and then there, there's Lewis and there's Max. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a great thing about technology coming up and, and new changes. I mean, talking of new changes, we've got new F1 teams sniffing around as well. Yes. And um, look, I'll let you do the reveal. Darren, what's the big news this week? Well, well, the big news is Michael Andretti and his uh, racing team have been approved by the FIA uh, to race in Formula One, but it's not the end of the story yet. So FIA have approved him, them, but uh, Formula One have now got to approve. And this is where the money comes in rather than the ability to be able to do the sport is are they prepared to share the prize money between 11 teams and not the 10? And that's the difficult thing. So one thing I've, I've, I've seen is that there is potentially he could make a payment of $165 million to the rest of the teams, which will create the shortfall of money they would lose in prize money to let them in. So there's an element of that could happen because money is just numbers at the end of the day. But the reality is, is will he come in and be a backmarker or will they actually come in and 
shake something up like the Jordan Formula One team did in the 90s, you know, and went on to win races within the within that decade? Uh, or will they be like Haas, where everything's a bit of a struggle and they get the odd, you know, um, bit of success, uh, especially with qualifying, you know, when Magnussen got on that pole position? Um, we just won't know. But for me, as we've said, we need more drivers on the grid. We need more teams. We really need the 12 that the Concord Agreement states. Uh, Michael Andretti, what do we know about him? Uh, Mario Andretti, his dad, is a uh, Formula One world champion and uh, back in the 70s and uh, is just a great ambassador of the sport. And Michael raced himself for McLaren. Uh, I want to say early 90s. I would have to check that. I'm sort of thinking 93. Possibly he raced with Senna, Senna, I think. Yes, he raced with him, so it could be 92. And he was replaced but... by Mika Hakkinen. Oh, look at that. Right, so you're on it. Good man, good man. So, um, But didn't really have much success. I think it's a similar sort of uh, career to Nick DeVries that we're witnessing at the moment. And he ended up going back to IndyCar. Uh, but since finishing being a driver and having the backing of that Andretti world champion name, he has created the most fantastic team that races in IndyCar and various other formulas around the, around the world. But of course, what he wants is Formula One. And he's been very aggressive in his approach to try and get it. But um, I, I understand they actually looked at six different teams uh, but Andretti are the only ones that Formula um, FIA have approved to be put forward to Formula One. So um, I think it's, it's going to be a few EU. months. Yes, <laughs> there's like a criteria. <laughs> you know, you want to join the club? Well, you know, you need to kind of do this and you got to do that. And what about this? Um, my question is, who are the fans going to be? I mean. You know, when you, you see a sea of orange, I mean, the fodder Max are then your kind of de facto Red Bull fans. I mean, they would have to probably use existing drivers that we know and love. Because if you were, to, for example, to transplant Mick Schumacher or Daniel Ricciardo, for example, as those two, well, then you've kind of got a bit of a fan base, certainly with Ricciardo, you know, so you kind of need to hire a star. I think, um, to get a bit of that star power, to get the fan engagement so you can sell the shirts, you know, and the caps, um, yeah. and create a bit of a buzz. Um, because otherwise, they're just going to be another team, and there's not going to be think, much of a... I think you're absolutely right. But what I love about Formula One, which is very different to football, is everybody sits together. You know, I could be sat there as a yeah. Mercedes Lewis fan or a, a McLaren Norris fan, whatever it is. I'm a Brit. I follow all the Brit drivers, um, you know, and the teams they race in. But you could be sat there next to a Haas fan and next to a Red Bull fan. And we're all together as Formula One fans. It's not the tribal mm. Liverpool Tottenham, for example, this weekend with VAR and so on. You, 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 we don't seem to have that. It's, it's got more of that, I suppose, rugby family um, feel to it so I think that when a new team does come along I think we'll all embrace them a little bit because we'll all be excited to see a new team but they do need to hire top drivers to bring the masses to it and to mm. be able to the experienced ones to get start getting some results because we've seen a new team with rookie drivers you know it, it's it, it's too much of a risk I think it's, I, I think funnily enough yeah. I think Ricardo's a good shout for 2026 or whenever they plan to come in We'll refer back to this video in this moment mm. when I'm 
completely correct. And then we will. I, I put the bet on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, there's, there's plenty of new drivers coming through from from you know F2 and you know, rookies, existing drivers. There may also, you never know, be some female drivers. And we yes. saw this week some incredible news. Jessica Hawkins um, drove F1 car um, with Aston Martin. Um, not at a race, but um, where was it? Silverstone or? Uh, I think it was Silverstone. I, I'm not. I've got to be honest. I didn't check that. But um, I think it looked like Silverstone. Yeah, well, but that's I a great just, thing. And you know, the, sorry, Darren, the F1 Academy. You know, um, which Susie Wolf, uh, Total Wolf's wife, is uh, leading, um, is trying to bring more women into the sport. Um, we also have a great cause like More Than Equal as well, spearheaded by uh, Kate Bevan, who's a former hospitality director at Formula One. Who you know. The question is, why aren't women in Formula One? Why aren't they driving? We had the W Series, um, but that's gone now. Um, You know, that didn't quite work. So I think having women in the main series, in in the Formula One series, is a good thing. And it doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl, in my opinion. It's about your times. And if you're quicker... And maybe lighter because of the physicality. I don't know. Maybe it's a stereotype. But uh, I, I think, you know, you could really fly. And so this is real untapped potential. Well, Joe, you know, looking back at grassroots and me being involved in the karting world at the moment, we're seeing a lot of girls racing, much more than I expected. And they are competitive. They really, really are. Mm. But I think I met some a... at Forest Edge. You it did. It was amazing. Definitely. They were super competitive. Yeah, man, they're great at flying. Yeah, so I, I think it's a sign of the times that we're seeing in, in this this world of the 2020s uh, where equal opportunity, it really doesn't matter at all about, you know, uh, what sex, uh, sex you are, what um, colour, all those things you are. It is about who's the fastest, and, and we need to see that. Um, the W Series, I sort of, I'm disappointed it didn't work because it was there as a support race for a number of Formula 1s, and we, I saw Jessica race... Uh, for the W Series uh, in Spa, and uh, you know, and there's a, there's a number of this Garcia as well, and 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 uh, you know, a number of them that really need to be in those Formula One cars testing. And I think there needs to be a lot more of it. I think it's a brilliant thing for Aston Martin to have done. Uh, we can make jokes about whether she's already earned her place as the second driver in that team already. But uh, but we need to see it. <laughs> and it's not joke. the first time. <laughs> you know, I think the last time there was a female driver on the grid was something like 1981. So we're not doing anything new here. But there's definitely a lack of opportunity in the world of the Formula One hierarchy that needs breaking down just to allow it to happen. So um, I, I think we're going to mm. see it. Now, On mixing this up with the female driver and the new teams, there was a team called Rodin Carlin. Now, everybody who's into Formula 2 will know of the Carlin team. Uh, and they joined together with Rodin and put a bid together that has been turned down by the FIA. But one of the plans of their bid was that one of the seats would be reserved for a female driver. So they were absolutely determined they will have one male, one wow. female driver. The only thing is now with saying that is it takes it away from, well, why don't you just reserve both seats for your two fastest drivers, you know, rather than male and female? So it's, it's not solving the problem for me at the moment. It, 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 it's got to be the best drivers. It doesn't matter if they're male or female. 
I would agree. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. If you're going to be in one series, it's about your times. Um, so, look, a great opportunity for Jessica Hawkins she had, and it was great to see. Look, let's hope she can build on that and we can get other, you know, female drivers in as let's, well. Let, um, let, let's we see what happens, see... Joe. Yeah, and in, in 10 years' time, look back at this podcast again and uh, look, look back on how we have been talking about it and how things have progressed. Maybe five let's years' time, maybe three. Years. Well, that's what I thought, yeah. <laughs> Um, that's good. Well, um, we haven't had to wait 10 years for this new Qatar Grand Prix. I mean, um, again, it is about Max really sewing this up. Um, now, we talked, it could be, so the sprint race, because of the points, he could get this, which would be fantastic. Then it's the battle for second, really, in the Constructors' Championship. It's kind of all up for grabs. I think there's four teams that could potentially get second. Mercedes, perhaps the favourites, but their lead isn't massive. Well, I... I think that um, uh, Mercedes are the most consistent driver lineup, uh, and I think driver lineups are going to mm. come into this. Ferrari, with science absolutely exploding this second half of the season and being the only team to have actually overcome Red Bull at Singapore, which we all know about and have talked about, you know, their driver lineup is really strong as well. Aston Martin is a one-driver team. They're going to struggle, and I think they will end up finishing fourth. I just think the gap between McLaren and Aston Martin is too big for McLaren to get to with only a few races left. However, I'm sure you are there cheering them on every step of the way to do it, Joe. I got the shirt. Yeah, I got the <laughs> shirt. I mean, yeah, anything can happen. Let's see. Yeah. I mean, Qatar is, is a close race, you know, barring it's kind of the home race for McLaren, and that was one to forget this season. I was there for that one uh, in Bahrain, and it was uh, pretty shocking. Um, but, well, the improvements they've made over the season, I mean, they could definitely get third. Um, they need to overtake Ferrari. Um, yep. Ferrari is strong. It's such a great end to the season because, look, Red Bull have done it fantastic, but I'm so interested, invested in this second, third, fourth yeah. place. I, I think this is, uh, this is really one well, to watch. Well, um, th th they are 64 points behind Ferrari now, Joe. And I just think with six races left, are they going to outscore Ferrari by 10 points a race? I, I just don't see it, even though I love what Aston Martin have well, done this season. I, I think there's more chance Ferrari of Ferrari... More comedy... <laughs> comedy pit stops oh mate yeah <laughs> yeah you know it's uh, uh we'll it, it is fascinating and and for, for me again i just i'd love to have one at least one more race that another team other than red bull win you know a crazy weekend and uh you know anything could happen in those three because it will be one of those three that win it i would have thought if that happens but that's what it's going to need for Aston Martin to beat Ferrari, you know, really with with Ferrari twenty points behind Mercedes, that's going to be that's the closer battle. And with both teams with two really strong driver lineups and the potential of being able to win a race through consistency, uh, then I, I I think that's going to be the fascinating one that will go right down to the wire. You know, that's, that's exciting yeah, stuff. It, well, it, it, re it really is. We will. 
Yeah, we're, we're going to be watching um, the race and all the sprint race as well and the qualifying and practice and all the build-up and everything uh, because uh, that's what we love here at Race House. Please like and subscribe to the channel. You can do that just below here and uh, you can check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all the others too. Um, and we will be back. We're going to do the uh, Qatar uh, Grand Prix highlights and review that will come uh, next week after the race. Please like and subscribe, as I said, and comment. We want to hear your comments, particularly Please from do. everyone around the world who's watching um, to do that. So uh, we'll see you next time. So, Joe, I... I'll see you next time. <laughs> okay, so I'll tell the viewers, we try to practice like a really slick ending, and then completely messed it up. <laughs> I was going to do, do a shout out, and then I realized you'd done the ending. So it was... Uh... That was okay. So that was a that was a that was a practice ending. It sounded okay. kind of cool. Okay, all right. So what's the shout out? Tell me. So the shout out is to another listener uh, who's who's been listening to us, uh, Jenny, uh, Jenny De Jong. She's a big Formula One fan, and we 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 talk lots about it. So she started listening to us. Um, famous dad. She's got a famous dad. BBC presenter Cliff Mitchell Moore. So uh, so she she is a um, a wonderful actress. And uh, so is her daughter. So work in my world. But massive Formula One fans always go off to Silverstone and do the camping for the weekend. She loves our podcast and says there's a little shout out to say hi, Jenny. Just checking you've listened to the end. <laughs> That's it. We only did shout out to the end. So hi, Jenny. Thank you for sticking with us for about 25 minutes. So uh, if you want to shout out, put it in the comments as well, just like Jenny. And now she can shout about us and Race House and share with all her friends everywhere around the world. So, uh, um, so yeah, I, I feel bad doing this ending now. So we should just kind of like do our usual bye bye. <laughs> you hang up. You hang up. You hang oh, up. Oh, no, no. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say, well, oh, that's, see you next time at Race House, but it sounds so austere now. So um, I'll just say it's bye from me, Jolie, and it's bye from me, Darren Reed. <laughs> see you next time. Take care.